When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the 1871 podcast. And on tonight's episode, we're focusing on the successful Reading team back in the mid-1990s. So that's tonight's episode. And then on tomorrow's episode... We're going to bring you a preview for the Burnley game on Saturday. And Johnny and I will be continuing our countdown of our favourite Reading players and seeing if Dylan Kerr is among them. He might be. Let's, we'll let you know yeah. afterwards. <laughs> and then, so that's tomorrow. Uh, and then on Friday evening, it's our 106th episode. So naturally, we'll be focusing on the 106th season. And then on Sunday, it's the 40th anniversary since the announcement from Robert Maxwell that he was going to try and merge Reading and Oxford United. So we'll be recording that episode on Friday evening. So if any of you can remember that far back and you'd like to join us for that episode, please get in touch. That's going out on Sunday. Uh, And we're joined on tonight's episode by Royals legend Dylan Kerr. Hello, Dylan. How are you? Always good. Always good. Good good to be Kind of in England. <laughs> yeah, good, good to see you again. We know you've got um you have problems with load shedding out in South Africa and um I think you've had something going on today, haven't you? So hopefully hopefully we'll we'll get a good connection with you um for this episode. And we're uh, we're also joined by our special guest for tonight, Alan Clements. So um Johnny's not with us, he's working. Uh but we're joined by Alan, who has written a book about the successful reading team that Dylan was part of in the nineties. So Looking forward to having a, a chat with Alan about that. But before we talk about that, let's have a quick word with Dylan about Marumo Gallants, because Marumo Gallants, you drew against Kaiser Chiefs at the weekend, Dylan, to move off the bottom of the table. And then if you beat Chipper United in tonight's game, you'll move clear of the relegation zone. So we wish you well with that, Dylan. Um, and before we talk about your time at Reading with Alan... Uh, just wanted to get your reaction, Dylan, to yesterday's news that Paul Ince has been sacked and replaced by Noel Hunt as interim manager until the end of the season. What do you make of that? 
Well, I mean, I think it's been coming from from the, the tweets that I've been reading. You know, look, you know, Reading fans are you know upset where they are, and the, at the last minute, you know, you've got to look, you know, who's responsible, you know, and there's been some very very negative comments, you know. You, you can't really, you can't really do. You know, it's the players that are going to get you out of danger. It's the players that's going to win your games. You, you've got to make sure that you, they're, they're on your side. And we spoke about this a few times um, before, Mark. That you know, you, to get the players to play for you, you've got, you've got to give them inspiration. You've got to give them, you know, something to believe in. And you know, obviously, the the six points hasn't helped the situation. But at the same time, you know, when when Paulins took the job, you know, Paulins had been out of the game for quite a long time. You know, so this was kind of like to, to to resurrect his career and and to maybe get himself back in the fold of people in bigger clubs or better clubs. No disrespect to Reading, but it's not worked. And you know, at the end of the day, you can you can blame you know the the, the deductions. You can blame the embargo for the transfers. But there's players out there. There's players he's, he's got to work with, and he you know at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's it comes down to him, unfortunately. You know, sometimes players don't play the best, and players sometimes, you know, want want that change. Uh, I'm not saying that the Reading players were doing that, but when when you're down and you know your results are not coming your way, you see a change in character and change in attitude of players, and that's why I've always said, you know, you've got to make sure that when them players come into work, they're there to play and they're there to train, and they're, in, oh, they're and they've got to go home with a smile on their face, you know. Yeah. And, and when they lose, when they're losing, one of the things you've got to get is. You know, to 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 start to get you know, and 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 I'm doing that right now. You know, like I said, yeah. you know, we've got a big game tomorrow. We drew on on Saturday against a very good Kaiser Chiefs team at the FNB Stadium, where the World Cup was played. They'd had a week off. We we played midweek, a very very tough game at Royal AM, and I made two changes, two forced changes. So I had nine players that were playing on Wednesday played on Saturday and they give everything and you know a bit of luck uh, we'd, have, we'd have come away with three points uh, but the, the beauty of it is we came off the bottom of the league we've now got the massive massive game tomorrow it's, a, it's, it's what as they call a six pointer um, and the confidence and, and the momentum's with us at the moment so you know that, 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 that's a good thing that's a good thing yeah. Well, we wish you well with that, Dylan. And we're we're actually recording this on on Tuesday evening. It's going out um, on Wednesday evening, so it's actually tonight that is taking place. By the time this episode goes out, so uh, we wish you well with that. Um, and and you, you talked about um, you know it's been a bit of an unhappy camp at, at Reading, and I think that that news yesterday that Paul Rince had been sacked and Noel Hunt's come in has just given a. A bit of a lift to the club, to the fans, um, probably to the players. I'm sure um, Noel, Noel Hunt coming in and, and just actually giving us more of a chance of staying up now. And, and and you're absolutely right, Dylan. What what you say that you know you've got to have that kind of confidence and feel good factor if if you're going to win games. And you certainly had that in your time at Reading. We all remember that really well. And uh, we're going to talk to that now. Uh, talk, talk to Alan about that now. Uh, and it was such a great, you know, I remember being a Reading fan at that that time and it was such a great team to watch. It had so much energy about it and 
you were part of that, Dylan. And just just want to talk to Alan, bring you in now. Um, Alan, so firstly, tell us about your book. Uh, what's it called? What's it all about? And, and when is it available? Is it available now or is it coming soon? Uh, so the book's called Magic Hat, um, after the song that Reading fans used to sing about Mark McGee. Um, I'm still in the midst of writing it. Um, my aim is to, to speak to as many of the players and the management staff as I can. Um, I've not got many people left to speak to, actually. So I'm hoping to speak to Andy Bernal fairly soon. Um, and then I've just got three or four left to speak to. So, um, yeah, it was a really, really special time to be a Reading fan. Um, I was at university at the time. I got my season ticket on the tireless end for ninety pounds, and um, yeah, it, it's so. Yeah, I'm I'm in the midst of of writing the book. Um, I'm hoping to finish it this year. It's been uh, quite a long process <laughs> because um, I'm doing it in my spare time. Um, I'm a data analyst, so um, yeah, I'm I'm just writing it in my spare time, doing it on my phone when I sort of get half an hour here and there, and um, yeah, really enjoying it. And yeah, spoke to Dylan. Crikey, last year now, I think. And he, he gave me yeah. a lot of it. I mean, he was very friendly and very helpful and helped put me in touch with Jeff Hopkins. So, um, yeah, re- really enjoying the process. And Alan, if you uh, if you paid £90 for your season ticket, that was about, uh, you, you paid about a pound a point, didn't you? That works out to something like that. So that was, yeah. uh, that was pretty yeah, good. Value, wasn't point. Yeah, like a pound and a penny, I think. Yes, yeah, something like that. And um, I think I'm right in saying you've spoken to um, the likes of Darius Dovchet, Stuart Lovell. Who, who, who else have you spoken to, Alan, for the book? Uh, I've spoken to Lee Nogan. I've spoken to Colin Lee, um, Kevin Dillon, uh, Jeff Hopkins, um, Dillon, as I mentioned, um, A.D. Williams, Simon Osborne, Shaka Hislop. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to go through the team. Um, midfield. Well, I haven't do... managed to get in touch with Scotty Taylor. Um, I haven't managed to get in touch with Ray Ranson. Uh, Michael Jilks I spoke to recently. Um, Uwe Hartenberger I spoke to through... Um, there's a Reading fan in Germany called Mark, Marco Bader. Who, um, he spoke to Uwe Hartenberger for me, asked me a load of questions. I can see Dylan. Smiling about Uve because he's always got a story about Uve. Um, oh, yeah. King's, King's Cross. Got, the, the people I haven't spoken to yet are um, Keith McPherson, Jimmy Quinn, Mick Gooding, James Lambert, and the person I'd really like to speak to is Mark McGee, but um, I've not been able to get in touch with him. So, um, yeah, if you're listening, Mark. I'd um I'd like to speak to you. So, what about Shaka? What have you spoke to Shaka? I have spoken to Shaka, yeah. I I yeah. I, I email him now and again with um with the odd question. He's um yeah, he's great to speak to. He in, incredibly friendly, really bubbly character and effusive and and um yeah, dead I listen to I try and listen to sort of podcasts with all the the, the players have done partic- um yeah, like the eighteen seventy one podcast and um yeah, any any that I can find, I try and listen to. So, although I haven't managed to speak to Ray Ranson, I did manage to find a podcast with him on. And, um, yeah, just do lots of research online. And, um, yeah, it, it was amazing time to be a Reading fan. So, yeah. Certainly, certainly was. And, and, Alan, when's the book coming out, do you think? So, I don't know. Um, I would need to find a publisher first. So, <laughs> 
yeah. So I'm what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get it all written, um, and then approach a publisher. So I would imagine probably next year would be the earliest that it would be coming out. But um, yeah, that that's why. Okay. I end. Well, Alan, I can give you. Mike, Mike, Mike Riley's just done a book, and he's he's launching his on the fourth of May, um, and apparently it's a good publisher. And I'm actually, I've actually sent him the draft of uh, right now. I've just finished. I've just left Leeds, and I've just joined Reading. So he's got book one. So there's book two and book three, and then there's coaching trilogy to, <laughs> to come. Good, you know. And uh, I, I'm reading Mark's uh, Mark Riley's book right now, and it's really, really good. It's really, yeah. really interesting. But yeah. you're talking about you're talking about Ray Ranson. Ray Ranson, I hate that man. <laughs> He's a great player, great legend. But he gave me the worst advice ever, and I, I, I'm I'm still I'm still I'm still gobsmacked. I mean, we we just joined the club, so we we were the new players at Reading, and. We were training at Elm Park. It was pre-season. We were training, and, and, and Mark and Colin had brought us in for Sunday morning training. So obviously, me and uh, Ray, are the new players, so we we partnered part, up. No, we became the pairs in the warm-up. And he said to me, oh, "What do you do this weekend?" I said, "Well, I've been I've been house hunting. You know, I've been I've been to Pangbourne. I've been to um, on Calcot Road. Uh, I went to London." And his his, his his words were, "Let me give you some advice." Don't ever buy a house down south. You'll never sell it. It'll be the biggest mistake you could ever make. That's the worst bit of advice I've ever, ever had. And because I was a young pro and he was a senior pro, you're like oh. thinking, well, I, okay, you know. And I miss, I miss, I missed out on two, three houses, one in Pangbourne, one, like I said, on Calcott Road, um, uh, in, uh, next to, I think it was next to the Calcott Park Golf Course. And and one in in uh, Notting Hill, and the last time I checked the house on that road that I was looking at for a house that was one hundred and twenty five thousand pounds back in nineteen ninety three was over three point five million. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not bitter. You're not bitter, Dylan. Every time you. Yeah, we, just to say, I don't know if you're aware of it, Dylan, at your end, but you, you, you're cutting out a little bit. But we know that there's issues with the, the power and that in South Africa. But um, generally, everything's all right. But look, you know, you you mentioned about when you came to Reading, ninety three, ninety four season, uh, your first season, Division Two champions. I think you won Player of the Season that year, didn't you? Uh, that was the season that Jimmy Quinn got forty goals. And the first game of that season was a 3-0 win at Huddersfield. I think former Reading player Steve Francis was playing in goal. And Huddersfield was the team that you nearly joined before you joined Reading, wasn't it? So tell us the, the story of that. Correct. No, I, 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 when, I, when I decided to leave Leeds, well, it was Gordon Strachan that told me to leave Leeds. Gordon told me to leave Leeds. He says, you know, you, you, you're wasting your time here. You need to go and make a... Make a a name for yourself. And Uddersfield Town obviously was just the neighbours, really. So it, it, it meant that I didn't have to leave home. Um, but Gordon Strachan phoned Mark McGee. And I got a phone call from Mark McGee asking me to go down and talk to them. And when I went down to speak to them, uh, I phoned Billy Eyre, uh, my former coach at Blackpool when I was on there. 
And Billy said to me, no brainer, ready. They've got a chance this year going up. You know, so I've signed for Reading and I've not regretted it. I've never regretted it. You made a great choice, Dylan. Yeah. And, no, and it was like I say. Oh, we keep, lo- keep losing <laughs> Dylan a little bit. But um, Alan, what, yeah. uh, what was your inspiration? What, why did you decide to write this book? Um, I mean, the pandemic happened and um, I, I was pretty bored and I was looking for something to do. And um, just everybody was talking about Zoom. And I, I thought, um, yeah, I, I just kind of I thought about it over the years and thought how much I enjoyed the team and how it meant to me. Um, and it just, yeah, with, with the advent of Zoom and the pandemic and just having a lot of spare time, it just seemed like the ideal opportunity to sort of jump in and, and have a go, which is which is what I've done. So it, it's, I think what what really inspired me was was the players. Um, it, it was, you know, football in the, in the eighties and early nineties. You think it, it it was kind of that that Charles Hughes led era of long ball football. Um, a lot of teams weren't very good. They they lumped the ball forward, they knocked it down, and they scored their goals that way. And 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 Mark McGee's team was just a breath of fresh air. That they were so different, you know, particularly at the level they were playing at. You know, the third tier of English football playing this vibrant, exciting, attacking football, and it was just it, it was just mind blowing that that it was my team that that was doing this. You know, and and. There was there was maybe one or two other sides that played like that. Port Vale that year where um, they went up with Reading. They played some really good football. Burnley played some good football. But Reading's biggest challenges were Stockport. Um, they had Kevin Francis and Andy Priest up front. They played long ball football. And a lot of the teams were, were just, yeah, they, they were very physical and, and they were very tough. And, and yeah, they, they played the long ball game and it was... It was just brilliant to see Reading passing around them and playing through them, and it was, it was just, it was really, really exciting to watch and really fun to watch, and it, it was, yeah, good times. And I think Kevin Francis is six foot seven, isn't he? Because I'm sure I saw a picture of him standing next to somebody like Paul Parker, and and, <laughs> and, and you could tell the height difference. He looked like a basketball player, didn't he, back in those days? So tall, but um. Yeah, I, th- I think um, you know it was for me as a fan. It was just great to watch. It, like you said, you used the word vibrant, and uh, and you got a sense that there was, you know, it's a real energy about Reading. And of course, you had that intimate ground at Elm Park. You had Michael Jilks, you know, a, a Reading legend. Um, obviously, pe- people like Dylan and and Shaka in, in gold, Darius Dovchek, and. It, Jimmy Quinn, Stuart Lovell, you could go on. Um, but what have the other players said to you, Alan, about their time at the club? Because we, we've had most of that team on. We, we've had yeah. Stuart Lovell, we've had um, Shaka, we've had Paul Holdsgrove, um, we've had quite a few of those players. What have those players said to you? What, what's the kind of overriding theme that's come out of your conversations with those players about that time? Um, I think the overwhelming thing that that Dylan often talks about is that they were a team 
and they were a team of friends and they were um they just got on incredibly well and they wanted to play for each other you know and with the with the recent news of, of Paul Ince's sacking it, it's it was the polar opposite to to what Paul Ince was like you know it, it's that they were a team and and that's what made a big difference um you had Colin Leon recently and he said about building a team and it, it was just putting together a jigsaw puzzle of all the right characters and you know and Kevin Dillon being the the experienced pro who who kind of um held the team together and 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 sort of was that driving force in the in the dressing room and Dylan being the, the social coordinator and yeah. <laughs> you know Jimmy Quinn being um a grumpy selfish striker who scored an immense amount of goals you know and Archie Lovell breaking into the team because he almost left the the previous season McGee didn't really want him um McGee didn't really seem to like him a lot and um, he was on the verge of going on loan to Wickham, ended up staying, scored six goals in 10 games, forced his way into the team. Um, yeah, I mean, they were a team. It, it, it's it, it's that simple, both on and off the pitch. And, and that seems to have made the difference. You know, you can have some decent players um, and not really go anywhere. You know, we've, we've seen that with Reading in the past few seasons. We've had really good players but just haven't been good enough. Um, whereas that team that won promotion, um, they were good enough because they played hard for each other and they really enjoyed playing with each other, I think. And Dylan, coming back to you now, obviously, you know, amazing season in 93, 94, your first season, you got player of the season, didn't you, that that year? And then following season, you just had that momentum and and it looked like, you know, you had the really good chance of of going straight up to the the Premier League. Of course, the league was being restructured. Um, do you think? And we have had Colin Lee on recently. Do you think that if Colin Lee had, had stayed on, um, you know, Mark, if Mark McGee had left but Colin Lee had stayed, do you think you would have gone up that season? Uh, I think. Well, we didn't. We didn't change the way we played. We we still, you know, Quinny and Jordy took over. Uh, but the momentum was there. The, 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 like, 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 it, it, it was just a different. It was just different. A different time of where we 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 spent more time with each other on and off the field. That we became, you know, we we knew about everybody's character. We knew about, you know, if if somebody was having a bad game, we'd crack a joke. <laughs> Oh, still there, I'm still here. Sorry, Alex is phoning right. me. Of all, of all people, Alex is phoning me. <laughs> um, but we, 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 we knew that if, if somebody was having a bad game, we'd, we'd crack a joke. Me and Ozzy would have a laugh. If, if I were having a bad game and Ozzy were having a bad game, we'd have a crack with each other on the field. Same with Parky. You know, Kevin Dillon used to moan all the time and, and that was part of his character. But, you know, getting him to smile brought out the best in him. You know, Eddie Williams was was so tense. You know, he's so serious in his game because it was a true professional. And you know, we'd we'd we'd, we'd wind Eddie up. You know, before the game, we'd have a laugh with him in the dressing room. Uh, we 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 went for dinner with each other. We we went to people's houses. You no, know, we we didn't we didn't change anything that we were going to do. We 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 
we were building something. And when Colin and Mark decided to leave, you know, obviously money would have been a big thing in it. Plus, it maybe technically it, Leicester City was a bigger club than Reading. Um, it, 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 it didn't destroy what we had on the field and what we had in the dressing room. You know, we, we continued it. It was only after, it was only the season after that it kind of went uh, pear shaped for Reading. Um, you know, new players came. Uh, you, you know, and, and we we didn't adapt to to having co-coaches. You know, we couldn't. No, no one knew who was making the decisions. You know, you come up to training and Mickey Goodin had put one training session on, and then uh, Quinny had take over. You know, so it, it it kind of upset the balance then of what what we were all about. Yeah, and and Alan Dylan's um, spoken to us plenty of times about. The, the social side and 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 how kind of close knit those players were. So you had different, you had a few different groups of players. There were the older players, the younger players, but it was a really good team spirit, and and that was kind of partly to do with the off the field stuff. So I just want to know in your, in your book, does Utopia get a mention and places like that as well, or is it is it mostly about the football stuff? Uh, it's mostly about the football stuff, yeah. I'll, um, Shaka told me a story about, about Utopia, which I don't think I can share until I put it in the book. It's just, yeah, it, it was very, very unexpected from Shaka. So, uh, I, I, know I, think, I think Dylan I, might have told me that story. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it was right at the end of the interview with Shaka, and I just, I just threw the question in there. Do you want, do you want to share anything about Utopia? And he said, well... And it was, uh, yeah, so you'll have to get the book to uh, find out about that one. But it's, um, yeah, it's a good story. And that was is, that was every Tuesday night, wasn't it? You went there? Night, we were off Wednesday week school. The ball, we used to meet at the, 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 I can't remember what the pub were on, on Calcott Road. Uh, just as you're driving out towards the, to, to the motorway, it was on your right-hand side. Um, we used to meet there after training. Then we go to the bowling club. Then, then we'd go to. Then we'd just end up in Utopia. I mean, the managers let us in for free. I think it was a pound a pint. Um, but what, it, it wasn't as good. It wasn't the fact that we went went out drinking. It was the fact that we went out for a laugh. You know, you, you couldn't get you couldn't get me off the dance floor. You couldn't get you know Simon Osborne away from the bar. You know, Paul Osgrove walking around as if he owned the place. You know, we 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 had. We and and there were the guys. There were there were all the staff from Curtin's Farm that used to come with us. You know, um, there, there were six or seven girls, or six or seven guys, and you know they became a, they became a bigger part of, of the Royals family. You know because you know I I, <laughs> I introduced them to you know obviously we, we had pre match meals there. Players were staying there, and I, I invited them out to come and you know come and socialise with us. You know we could have Albons. I mean, you know, Tony Herbert who won Valbons. I mean, he'd make us, you know, so welcome. You know that, you know, we'd 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 go there at the weekends. We'd go to the casino. You know, we we'd we'd enjoy nights at the casino, especially on a Tuesday and Thursday nights when they did the specials. You know, we'd we'd go and um, go and have, you know, two or three of us would go and have dinner there. We'd bring the girlfriends or wives. You know, and then you, you've got Washington Heights. Remember, there was only two pubs in Reading at the time. You know, and and, and Washington Heights and. I said we didn't really, we didn't. I used to go there. I, I enjoyed it, but you know, not not many of the other players went. Uh, and Dylan, what what was it about the kind of social aspect of of the the players and the team that that helped you kind of 
to transfer that aspect in, into the the playing side. What, yeah, what was it about that that helped you as players? Like I said, we used to come into training and we used to have fun. I mean, like I said, when when we spoke to Colin Lee, he was he was you didn't want to piss Colin off. You know, he he was very straight and straight down the line. You know, and, and you knew what you 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 wanted from him, and he wanted from you. But we went. We, we used to train with a laugh. We 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 used to always always. Scotty Taylor, you know, would started off. You know, he, he used to wind people up, and it'd be annoying. But the thing is, we respected each other. There was no big hitters. Nobody was on bucket loads of money. Nobody was bigger and better than anybody else. Nobody walked, walked around thinking, you know, that you know, uh, I'm I'm Jimmy Quinn. You know, I've played. X amount of games. I'm a I'm a Northern Ireland international. He never did that. Jimmy Quinn was just Jimmy Quinn, you know. And, and you would think he'd have had a, you know, with, with his with his appearances that he's had and the teams he's played for. You think he would have had a, a, an ego, same with Ray Ransom, you know, Michael Jilks, you know, one of the nicest nicest players you've ever wished to 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 play with. You know, we complimented each other. I wanted to attack more than Jiltsy. You know, that, that was, like Colin said, that was my game. Yes, I wasn't the best defender, but I could defend because I went forward and, and, and attacked, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and we knew we knew that whoever were playing, you know, they had your back. They had your back. They didn't want you to fail. They didn't want you to play bad. You know, they didn't want you to, you know, disappoint the, the, the faithful. You know, because we, 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 we embraced their attitude and their energy towards us as we, you know, kind of give our energy and attitude towards them, you know, and you don't get that in football now. I mean, you know, it's very rare that, you know, can you imagine now that uh, the Reading players going over to the Royal Rendezvous and, and playing pool and having a pint with all the fans and, and chatting to them. You've had a good day or a bad day, you know, you, you, you'd still go there. You were still part of that family, you know, yeah. and then, and that, that's that's what was important. Same at Leeds. Same at Leeds, same at Sheffield Wednesday. When I went to Blackpool, I did the same there. When I went to Kilmarnock, I did the same. I took every everything I've learned, you know, I took that 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 positiveness, that energy into that dressing room, you know, and, and they couldn't deal with me. They, they, they Honestly, they, 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 I think sometimes I used to get on there, you know, come on, right, let, what we're we doing Sunday? Let's meet here. Let's do there. Remember, I told you when I first joined Reading, we went to the White—is it the White Horse in Pangbourne? Yeah. And we, we had a, we had an afternoon, and that afternoon nobody left. Not one player left. Not one player decided that he he, he wanted to go home or he wanted to be, go somewhere else. We stayed in that pub until they kicked us out, and that's when I knew this was a good squad. This was a good squad, and. It were. We went to Huddersfield. We weren't even favourites. We went to Huddersfield. Obviously, they just signed uh, our uh, the former keeper, and we hammered them three 0 We hammered them, and from there, and like I say you mentioned Stockport County. There, I mean, when, when we played them over that Christmas period, yeah, winning that right. game, was like winning that game was like. The road to winning the championship. Yeah, and, and actually the second game. So it was two two wins in a row, and that second game we got Burnley coming up on Saturday. It was uh, a two one win at home to Burnley in the second game. So you you won three nil at Huddersfield the first game, 
2-1 at home to Burnley, the second game of that season, um, then lost to Brentford, but beat Barnet, beat Cambridge, um, Bradford, Plymouth. Um, and, and then, do you remember, Dylan, that game at Exeter, 6-4 to Reading? Do you remember that one? Yeah, we, we, it was really, really weird because we, 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 there were a lot of, what I can remember about that game is at half time, we weren't happy. We weren't a happy dressing room, you know, and we, 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 we knew what we had to do, you know, and to be, to be in such a commanding lead and then to, to throw it away, you know, we, 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 we knew what we were doing was, was not what we were good at. You know, and then second half, you know, we, we you know, again, you know, like I say, you know, Jimmy Quinn, you know, what can you say about him? He's, he, 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 you know, he, we had this conversation with Colin about him, that incident he had with Scotty Taylor. You know, he, he had, he, had he left, I don't think we'd have replaced that goal scorer. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, we did, we kept him. And I say, he, 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 that's what we were about. You know, every game, we, we, we never stopped trying. We never stopped Good, trying to win the game and that's yeah. one of the beauty things about Reading Football Club at that time and there was quite a, quite a few games where you scored sort of four goals or six goals or whatever I mean that game you had Jimmy Quinn got two goals I think uh, Lovell got two Scotty Taylor got two and there were you know the not the next game but the next game after that you you won 4-0 at Port Vale and uh, later in the season, you won four 0 at home to Hartlepool, and then you beat Hartlepool four one away that season, and it was just great to watch. And then a four 0 win at Blackpool towards the end of the season. Do you remember that one? Oh, that one! That was just like you, you can never forget it. I mean, I'd returned. I'd been on loan. Remember the year before, and they wanted to sign me. Uh, not only scoring that goal, but at the end of the end of the game, this is no word of a lie. And Colin Lee. Had, uh, you know, said it as well. We got a standing ovation from the Blackpool fans. The Blackpool fans stayed until the end of that whistle and gave us a standing ovation. That's how good we were. That's how good we were. And straight after that, what do we do? Straight across the road to 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 the pub. You know, as a group, not not one or two. We all went across, waited till everybody get ready to go back down to Reading. And you know, it was. Like I say that that's the group of players we had. And that's that's what Reading need now. They need to take the players out, go get them, go go get them all together. Not team building, not team spirit. Just go out and say, right, you know, listen, you know, five games. We need we need nine points. Yeah. Hey, what what a game to play, Burnley champions. You know, let's go and let's go and, let's go and get three points because that's what they've got to do. Yeah, <laughs> that Blackpool away game, that four 0 was that. Was that the one where you scored one of your your best goals? It was sort of the the left that you did the one two with Stuart Lovell. Was it in that game? No, that was that was, that that was so the black. Uh, okay, okay. It was my right foot, right foot bent it into the into the bottom corner. Yeah, I, I remember that goal. I couldn't remember which game it was. Alan, I just just wondered if you you could sort of say, obviously, you got the inspiration to do to do the book. Like me, you know that was. Um, a favourite time to to be a Reading fan, and, and it wasn't just you know one or two players because it, in a season you, you'll have your favourites, but 
you could almost go through that whole team and it's it's almost like all of the team were were favourites. Were, were there any in particular that stood out for you? And obviously, I know you're going to say Dylan, but uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it was kind of all of them, really, wasn't it? There wasn't anyone that that in that team that you didn't like watching play. It was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, so I would say Shaka was a huge favourite. I'd seen him play down at Bournemouth the season before because um, I lived on the Isle of Wight before I went to university and um, it was an easy game to get to. Um, Michael Chilks obviously was a, a big favourite um, down the left wing. He was absolutely extraordinary when he was on. And um, yeah, that I mean, talking about the, the Huddersfield game a minute ago, um, Chilks, he almost left the club the week before that. He, uh, he missed a photo shoot at the start of the season and the club and McGee were absolutely livid with him and the Evening Post reported yeah. that he'd been sacked. And then come the Huddersfield game, they'd all made up. Chilsea had three assists that day. So um, he did all right, despite almost almost leaving the club a week before. So um, Archie was, was one of my favourite players. Um at the club at that time. And then, yeah, I just, like everybody, loved watching Dylan play, bombing forward from left back, much quicker going forward than he was going back. And um, But thankfully, he had some decent defenders behind him to um, to bail him out now and then. But he was, um, yeah, Dylan was great fun to watch. I remember the, the game against Bristol Rovers where he got in a bit of trouble for uh, <laughs> setting up uh, setting up the second goal, I think it was. And uh, jumped up onto the fence and, um, let's say, serenaded the Bristol Rovers fans. And, um, yeah, it, it was yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. But I love watching Mickey Gooding play. Full of energy, full of running, just never, ever stopped. Parkey was... Phil Parkinson was just amazing in midfield. I just... I always remember him running out at the start of the game with his gum shield in, his knees pumping really high. And then he... He'd jump and do this imaginary header, charge over to the South Bank, clapping. And he was just, he was like that from, and then for 90 minutes, he was the same, just charge around, huge tackles, popped up with a goal now and then. And and Colin Lee, as, as Colin Lee said, he, he developed into a decent footballer at Reading. You know, he, he was never Simon Osborne. He was never Kevin Dillon, but his passing got a lot better and he got much better as a player. I like Tommy Jones. He was injured quite a lot. He, he broke his leg twice in two seasons. Um, really tidy footballer, really good footballer. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, Ray Ranson, I like with his enormous thighs and his Fred Flintstone haircut. And um, obviously, Jimmy Quinn scoring 40 odd goals. Um, Scott Taylor, who never stopped running down that right wing and um, could play up front as well and also played central midfield. It, it, it was, yeah, it was absolutely extraordinary team. And then yeah. and then the following season uh, didn't start off too well, a, a 1-0 defeat at Wolves, and then um, the second game was 0-0 at home to Portsmouth. But then yeah. Reading started that, building some momentum. There was a, the 4-0 win at, uh, at home to Stoke, and I think that's the game, isn't it? When that's the game, yeah. You've got your great goal, Dylan. Is that that the one early that season? Yeah, yeah. The, the one we should have won. We should have beat Wolves. We we, yeah. we absolutely we absolutely annihilated them, and, and we, we just couldn't score. Just one of those, those games. 
Sure. And later in the season, there was the um, the return game at Elm Park, um, mm-hmm. and it was four four two, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Mark McGee had gone to to Leicester, and then he went on to Wolves, and you know, and then Wolves became like Reading's rivals, didn't they? Yeah. Um, partly to do with the Mark McGee factor, but that that was such a great season, and and I was at the Middlesbrough game that season mm. uh, um, in February '95, and and Reading won. One nil. I've got a feeling. Was it Paul Holsgrove? Who, yeah, Paul Holsgrove got the goal, and that was at Middlesbrough's old ground, Ayrson Park. And I so, was, was commentaries for um, uh, Classic Gold Radio. I don't know if you remember that, um, but I spoke to Jimmy Quinn after the game, and and it was just, you know, it looked, it looked like Reading could could go all the way straight up to the the Premier League, but obviously it wasn't to be. I mean, what were your what were your sort of overriding recollections of that season, Alan? So that season, um, if you go back and find the highlights of that Wolves game on YouTube, like Dylan said, Reading absolutely battered them. Archie had some chances. I think Ozzy had a good chance. And yeah, just absolutely mullered them, but just couldn't couldn't score. Um, Portsmouth game, I, I recall, was a bit tougher. Stoke... Um, couple of players got sent off for Stoke. Very fussy <laughs> from what I remember. But yeah, remember Dil- one of my favourite goals for Reading was Dylan's one. Caught it with the outside of his left foot and curled it into the far corner. That was an amazing goal. But yeah, I mean, the, the things from that season that I remember probably uh, two players, Darius Dubchik and Simon Osborne. You know, Red- Reading were a good passing side when they got promoted. But adding those two players to the mix was just unbelievable. They, they were so good on the ball. Um, Ozzy scored some absolutely amazing goals, but just his constant, always looking to go forward, always looking to take a chance with a pass, wasn't scared to get it wrong. If he did, he'd just have another go. And um, yeah, his passing was, was just amazing. And um yeah, and Darius Dubchik slotting in at the back. Um, absolutely different class of player to anything else that Reading ever had. And um, Andy Bernal coming along as well for 30 grand, £30,000 from Sydney Olympic. And th- this is the, the, the thing that McGee did. He did. I don't think he signed one player for more than £100,000. And he bought in Dylan for 75000 Ray Ransom was free. Um, Darius was free. Simon Osborne was 90,000. Jimmy Quinn, 55,000. Um, actually, Tom Jones might have been slightly more in a swap deal with Craig Maskell. But yeah, just he had no money to work with. And his recruitment was just out of this world. The, the players he brought to the club that he identified that, that could play the way he wanted to play. Um, along with Colin Lee, because at that time they were very much a team. And and um, sadly, I think they sort of fell out after their time at Wolves. But um, yeah, it, it was just... But yeah, that, those two players particularly were the ones that, that stood out in, in that season. And Reading suffered a lot of injuries in that in that season in, in Division 1 when they reached the playoff final. And... Um, it was probably what undid the undid the team in the end was the the injuries finally caught up with them. 
And and in the final as well, because Lee Nogan went off. He had a calf strain or something like that, didn't he? But, you know, at the end of that season, four, four wins in a row, I think there was um, three all draw at home to Port Vale. And then it was... Yeah, actually, in that run of four wins at the end of the season, there was the two-one win against Bolton, but Reading yeah. ended up finishing three points behind Middlesbrough, two ahead of of Bolton. Any other season would have gone up automatically, but because of the restructure, uh, meant Reading finished second, and then um, you know went went through to the the playoffs and beat Tranmere in the in the semi final, the two legs, um, and then we all know what happened in the the playoff final and what happened to Stuart Lovell and uh, Dylan's talked about that game and, and all that sort of thing. But look, Alan, it's been great to speak to you. I mean, it's absolutely flown by. We've been talking for about 45 minutes already, but um, you know, we've, we've heard about Dylan's time at at Reading already on previous episodes, but it's good to sort of speak to another fan from, from that, from that era and, you know, recall some really happy memories as a, as a Reading fan and and particular games and that sort of thing. So remind us of um, what the book's called and uh, when you think it might be out. <laughs> so the book's going to be called Magic Hat and um, I'm hoping it's going to be out in 2024. Okay, well, good luck with that and, and we'll see if we can find you a, a publisher, either Dylan yeah, or, or we'll see what we can do to help. So look, that, that's it for tonight's episode. Thank you to Dylan. Thank you to our special guest, Alan Clements, and uh, good luck in your game tonight, Dylan, against Chipper United. Uh, wish you well for that. And a reminder that, reminder that tomorrow evening, we're going to bring you our preview for the Burnley game on Saturday, and Johnny and I will be continuing our countdown of our favourite Reading players, and you can find out if Dylan Kerr is in that. Um, I think he's got a, a good shout of being in that. So um, then on Friday evening, it's, it's our 106th episode of the 1871 podcast. So we're going to have a focus on the 106 season for that. And then on Sunday, we're doing a special episode marking the 40th anniversary of the proposed merger with Oxford United. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.